This episode was sponsored by Critical Dice and the Endless Bag of Dice. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Compendium. I am your host, Casey. With me is my co-host, Jason Russell from The Critical Dice. We are bringing another class breakdown this week. This is actually going to finish out our PHB um, coverage of the martial classes. So the ones that at the beginning level don't start off with any casting magical abilities. And we're going to be talking about the barbarian. Yes, the barbarian, everyone's favorite stereotypical dumb character, but they don't have to be. I know. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually like one of the things I want to talk about is the fact that they're always portrayed as these like stupid low intelligence can only kind of sort of form whole sentences because I I love challenging the status quo. And I was like, is that just some weird stereotype that they get? Can they be something else? Or is that really from their build kind of what they end up being either way? No, I don't think so. I I think it's just a stereotype and mostly because of the concept of the dump stat. So, you know, typically you're always going to have one of your abilities be the lowest one, uh, whether you're doing a 46 drop the lowest method or standard array or point by it's, you can't really get around it. And the thing that barbarians just don't need a lot of is going to be their intelligence um, or possibly charisma. But then, so, I mean, that's the thing is that strength. Yes, obviously. They're going to need uh, probably some decks, constitution, absolutely, wisdom for perception, uh, charisma, even for intimidation roles, mm-hmm. but intelligence, there's not a lot that uses that. So it ends up being low. And just because they're a barbarian doesn't mean that they're barbarous, that they're uncultured, they just have a different culture. And so uh, I think, especially in the old days, that was kind of the the assumption is that they were truly barbarous, not just different. Right. And, and like, let's break down a little bit um, of the, the culture, the origins of the barbarian to get a better idea of where they grow up, the type of environment that they're raised. So that when people are interested in playing them, that they, they know what the options are beyond just like raised by wolves and you know learn to speak from these random like passerbys in the forest or or whatever the conception is um because while the player's handbook description does lend itself to that trope i also feel like there is some room in there to explore a little bit on on what that could look like kind of like you said yeah absolutely so uh typically the um barbarians they're going to be from just different cultures and i think it's important to note the word barbarian i believe has a uh latin root and kind of context uh because anyone who wasn't roman was considered a barbarian it was the just the binary culture of the time and it was a knock on the other languages so they thought other languages sounded like gibberish or people going bar 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 so they were barbarians, they're barbarians. And that really is helpful because 
what's going on with the barbarians is that typically they're seen as coming from um, different cultures, small tribes, uh, things of that nature. The player's handbook even says that that people from cities take pride in how civilized they are. Um, but a barbarian, though, civilization is not a virtue, but a sign of weakness, because it seems to be the main conceit is it doesn't take a village. It, it's all about the individual, that if you're strong enough to, and however that means, to survive in this cold and bleak world, then you're good enough. And to accept help or to rely on the help of others uh, is kind of a sign of weakness. And so I think that kind of ends up being uh, the default like difference in the way, in the worldviews of um, barbarians as presented in the player's handbook. Right. And they're not necessarily, like you said, there's no like clans of barbarians. They're, they could come from, there could be a barbarian that comes out of, I feel like it's a little bit like the feral child kind of thing where you hear yeah. about like the, the, you know, people living in the city and they always joke that they have a feral child because they run around without shoes on all the time and blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like that's in essence, kind of what this is going for, where it's not like to be a barbarian, you have to come from this remote clan of these people that live in the woods and all of them are barbarians. While that's possible, you know, a barbarian could come from a lot of different walks of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really uh, stems from any place or environment that's going to value individual strength over um, community or um, cooperative strength. Um, so whether that is, you know, the wild child who was literally raised by wolves, like, you know, Mowgli from yeah. Jungle Book, or from nomadic tribes or mountain tribes, things of this where uh, life is simpler because the world is harsher um, and there's not resources or the luxury of time for things like leisure and development of, you know, uh, the, the, what we would consider the nicer things of civilization. It's about, you know, eat or be eaten, survive or die. So right. any kind but of environment that could cause that. I will say though, one thing that I really took out of the PHB when I was reading over it is that it's not every man's for himself mentality. It's actually quite the opposite because it even mm -hmm. specifically says in there that a barbarian is the one that's the leader of the people or, or the person that steps up to the plate in times of war to protect the people. So it's yes. actually barbarians tend to be the, I think the most altruistic, potentially some of the most selfless because of the fact that they're not they're not worried about protecting kind of like belongings or status or earthly things. They want to protect the thing that they see as valuable, which is beings, right? Animals, yeah. people, like the, the essence of like the person, not necessarily their status or their house or their clothing yes. or their expensive shoes, like whatever that might be. They're the first ones to step up to the plate. Right. The things that can't be stolen burned or destroyed the things mm -hmm. that are in many ways and kind of poetically the things that are truly eternal or long-lasting those are the things they value and so it's not that they're like you said loners or every man for himself but um perhaps this concept of being of being strong enough for the sake of everyone else um, right. and so you can't do that if you rely on everyone else. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a thin line there, but I think 
I think we're getting to it. Yeah. Um, I also think that when you're building a barbarian, one, one key thing to make sure you flesh out really well is the source of their anger or their rage, mm-hmm. because I mean, obviously rage is a mechanic of the barbarian, but talking about just the like state of being, of being enraged by something or being angry, that is integral to how the barbarian works. Like that's where they get what they use from. And you have to have some source of that, whether that's a really traumatic experience in your past or, or some really, really powerful motivator to become that upset to be able to enter that state of being. Yeah, exactly. Whether it is a, um, sometimes it's external and sometimes it's internal and sometimes it's large and sometimes it's small. If I had to draw a you graph. Sound like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> a barbarian's a barbarian, no matter how big. <laughs> would you could you rage on a train? Um, um, I would not eat the green eggs and ham. Um, okay, so but if I had to make it like a quadrant, I would be like, okay, so is it external or internal? Is it that the world around you is bleak and dark and and dangerous, or is it that there is something internal that has happened that causes this anger or rage, or not even exactly anger, but just strong unbridled emotion right Mm -hmm. and so on the internal it could be a personal loss or a personal trauma um, but internally in the big scope it could just be like no this is how the world is and all your like to your point all your fancy shoes and shiny carts can't change that but or it could be something external where it's like um you know these have been my experiences and this is how i see things or it's as it says in the player's handbook um uh, their rage springs from union with the fierce animal spirits, right? And so I, I think there's a lot of places for that to come from. And also to, uh, this, I don't think this is strictly speaking rules as written or as presented in the player's handbook, but I, I do like the idea of nuancing the rage to not just be anger, but to be, like I said before, unbridled emotion that derives the character or can drive the character to perhaps act brashly unchecked and with a little bit of blinders on. Right. Right. Well, I mean, to like combat or to like uh, counter your uh, Latin lesson, um, Uh like we do here. So like speaking physiologically in the brain, when you get really emotional, your amygdala clicks on and it, 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 it reacts with your limbic system, which basically turns you into fight or flight. It it Mm -hmm. shuts down your critical thinking skills. So you cannot, you physically are incapable of thinking logically when you are experiencing such strong emotions. And so it furthers that trope of the barbarian not being able to speak because if they're almost like the Hulk where they're like, I'm I'm always angry, right? When they're always on the brink of that mode, their body is going to be in the fight or flight where it doesn't really matter if your shoe is tied, right? It matters if something's chasing you or what that loud noise was or, you know, some of those big details. Yeah, exactly. It, it becomes very much a a, um, a hallway where all you can see is what's in front of you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like that. If you don't have enough dice to make it through your game after every single set gets put in dice jail, make sure you check out the critical dice and their endless bag of dice. 
you can get a new set of dice delivered to your doorstep every single month for as low as seven bucks a month. Compendium listeners can actually also get a special offer by using the code Compendium, C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M, for 50% off of your first month of dice. Just go to thecriticaldice.com and use that code at checkout. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would really help us out if you would take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. The Compendium is also on Patreon. So if you like listening, that is a great way to help contribute to the content that we create. New episodes are available every Tuesday and Friday or Monday and Thursday if you're a patron. And you can always keep up with us between episodes by following us on social media. Just look up the compendium, that's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-M on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Jason also shares a bunch of great content and plot hooks on his page, The Critical Dice. So make sure that you check him out and follow him as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you guys next time.